Good morning. Would you pray with me, please? Abundant God, you see in us a harvest we have yet to imagine. Give us grace to be pruned for your glory. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, Lord God. First century Jewish Christians were struggling to figure out how they were to spread the gospel message of Jesus to all people, not simply to ones who seemed worthy or acted just as the disciples, but all people. The message was for Jews and Gentiles, Samaritans and Ethiopians. No one was to be excluded. If we are honest, we will likely spend our entire lives seeking best ways to abide in Jesus, just as in those earliest days. But we can have the confidence he will always abide in us. There will be days, weeks, months, and years especially like the one we've all been living, when our ability to abide will take a great deal of effort. If that's the case, why then do we make the lives of some more challenging to live? Why would we cause our sisters and brothers to stumble? Jesus died for all of us, and the gospel message is for everyone. Since God's love is never-ending and sufficient, providing more than enough love and grace to go around, we can rest assured there is no scarcity in the kingdom. Our heritage in faith is as Exodus people, rejoicing in the freedom from bondage imposed by governmental authoritarians. Jesus's teaching was in direct opposition to the ruling authorities that were also operating within systems of oppression. We are not immune to those types of systems today. And as people of faith who boldly confess a risen and living Christ, we cannot be idle or deaf to the cries of our sisters and brothers. We must make bold proclamations against systems designed to exclude and cause harm to any one of God's beloved. If we shudder at this thought, we must then examine our own role in preserving the status quo. These are challenging pronouncements for sure, and recognizing the difficult truth that some members of society are elevated and esteemed over others is one way we can be bold people of faith. The very essence of the gospel message Jesus taught was about bringing new life to all who would follow him. Philip's action to baptize this man into the family of Christ was a bold move on his part. Likewise, our God is a God of renewal and hope, tending to us as the gardener tends the garden. If you have done any gardening, you will know that there are times when plants must be cut back so that they can thrive and grow. For example, if apple trees are left to grow without proper cultivation and well-timed trimming, the yield will diminish over time. 
However, if the trees are trimmed back at the proper time of year, the yield for the next year's harvest will increase. This difficult and challenging season of our collective lives has stirred in me many questions, questions I don't have answers for and perhaps never will. I share them with you as a prayer of sorts to see what God will do to use me and us to aim to be curious and bold. What or where are the areas God needs to prune in us individually and as a community of faith? How will we respond to this pruning when it happens? Will we let new growth take place, leaving room for new ideas, new people to participate, new ways of imagining and engaging worship together? Or will we resist longing for our lives to return to normal? As the world around us is beginning to open up, how will we respond to this as, worship, as a worshiping community? How will we face lingering anxieties that come with opening up? It is natural and expected that not all of us are ready for that to happen. And some of us have deep and warranted concerns. Conversely, not all of us want to continue to live in isolation. Being restrictive in our lives has proven to be a burden in many ways, not least of which to our mental well-being. How will we make thoughtful decisions about moving forward as that time ultimately approaches? Will we continue to embrace our differences that permit vitality and diversity? Will we recognize there is no going back to what we once knew as normal life? but embrace the opportunity to be part of creating new patterns of living. We are going through a long period of being pruned throughout the spectrum of our lives and worship is no different. We must be willing to let some things go and die off, cutting off those things that are taking energy food and nutrients from the body, the community, to, all, to allow other areas to flourish. What do these things look like once pruned? Will we recognize as we live through these times, we are living into fullness of our purpose? Are we to prune off our preconceived notions of other people pruning our systems of thinking that hold us captive to old, tiresome, and harmful ways of engaging the world? If we are willing, we will be able to see these actions ultimately lead to bearing more fruitful lives. The Ethiopian eunuch knows about being captive to old ways of engaging the world. He has had to live a life of humiliation and injustices imposed upon him. He knows through the social order of his time 
how he was used by others when they decided how he would live his life. His autonomy was taken from him by stripping him of the chance at having children of his own for the sole purpose that he would serve the ruling members of society. I suspect there are many in our 21st century who can relate to him, who not of their own accord have been thrust into the preschool to prison pipeline, who have had others decide what they think best for them using not so noble or honorable actions in controlling their life's pathway. As people of faith, I ask, will we stand with but not speak for people of color in order for meaningful police reform and sensible changes to our penal system to take place? By our willingness to do so, are we showing our love and care for our neighbors and are we allowing a new thing to bloom and grow? I'll be honest, my heart has been particularly heavy these past few weeks. It's heavy from the seemingly unending reports of killings of so many black and brown skinned children and young people. Just recently, while we witnessed the rare verdict of guilty handed down to a white former police officer for killing a black man. We hear reports of several other killings. Adam Toledo, age 13. Dante Wright, age 20. Micaiah Bryant, age 16. All dying at the hands of police. Additionally, there have been over 50 mass shootings in a period of one month across our country. Finding glimmers of hope in our hurting world can be challenging to say the least, but to do so is nothing short of being bold people of faith. We are called to be bearers of love, to reflect the light of Christ into the world we would be wise to practice being a non-anxious presence while seeking solutions to systemic problems in our society. We must be willing to allow a new thing to bloom and grow as these solutions begin to take hold. New York Times best-selling author and racial justice speaker Austin Channing Brown writes in her book, I'm still here, black dignity in a world made for whiteness. How her personhood is not appreciated, let alone accepted or wanted as she goes about her daily life. She says, it's exhausting. How are Ms. Brown and the millions of other people of color supposed to be part of the vine of God when they are all too often cut out, not pruned. Often, these folks are not afforded the same opportunities to bear their God-given fruits in society because of systems that exclude them from their wholeness. These systems may not have been formed 
with ill intent, but have all too often been manipulated in ways that bring harm to some groups of people, such as redlining in real estate practices, preventing growth of generational wealth, being subjected to medical experimentation through smallpox blankets, eugenics, and sterilization, being followed in stores under watchful eyes, or the need to have the talk with their children at a very young age about how to safely interact with police. Please don't take my words to mean that I do not honor and value police departments and officers. I have family members who have served or are currently serving on community police forces. They are all seeking to be a source of protection in their respective communities. As I've said, I have been wrestling with challenging questions. Perhaps you have been as well. Is it any wonder it's exhausting? I believe we are up to the task of facing these questions. We are born of a God of love and hope. Will we answer the call? And I close with singer-songwriter Carrie Newcomer, who begins her song, Room at the Table, with this first verse. Let our hearts be hard, not be hardened to those living in the margins. There is room at the table for everyone. This is where it all begins. This is how we gather in. There is room at the table for everyone. May it be so.